this thing on. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Mixed Opinions. Um, So when I left everyone last time, we talked a lot about abortion rights and what my thoughts and feelings were on all of that. I hope that um, I hope that enlightened some of you. I hope that validated the rest of you. That's all I'm going to say on that. Um, When I left you guys, though, I did say I was going to do some research. And of course, I'm not going to leave you high and dry. That's exactly what I did. There should be something in this podcast for everyone. I would encourage you to make sure you have a pencil and piece of paper. I'm not only going into abortion access, um, although that is a part of it. I'm going to go into what you can do. I found seven things that you can do right now to support abortion rights. And then I also found a website that outlines financial assistance for low-income families. So if you have children and or are planning to have another child and you're not looking for abortion, I also, I actually start the podcast by going into information, you know, about that, what financial assistance you can receive. I'm not just going to go into website names. We're going to talk about very specific ways that you can apply. There's a lot of information. Um, I only go through three resources, and these resources are really saturated with information. So, ladies and gentlemen, sit back, grab your tequila, or for you moms that are pregnant, I'm sorry, grab your sweet tea or maybe a glass of milk, (laughs) that's unfortunate for you, and your notepad, your feathery pen, and let's fucking get started. Great. So as promised, I have done a little bit of research. So let's just dive right in. So to start, um, I found a website and it's called singlemotherguide.com. And what you do is once you type in www.singlemotherguide.com and singlemotherguide is all one word, you can go on there and you can click on your state. South Carolina is where I'm from and it is one of the states that are currently banning abortions so I'm just going to go through my state currently but there again as I said when you go back through you click on your state and it's going to give you information on all of the things I'm about to talk about in um, as it pertains to South Carolina but for where you live. So to start Um, In case you guys didn't know, uh, South Carolinians, they do have an earned income tax credit for children. So you can claim that on your your taxes. And it says for the 2021 tax year, eligible taxpayers can claim up to 62.5% of that federal credit. So that can help. And that's been something that's been around. My son's 10 years old and I've been claiming him uh, uh, as a tax credit since I've had him so you should be able to do that if you are eligible to file taxes and then something else to help out single moms or single parents in general I know I'm talking about mothers but um you know dads single dads if you need help please go on this site as well uh South Carolina does the TANF 
That's the temporary assistance for needy families, a limited time program that assists very low income families with dependent children who could not afford even like basic necessities. So it says TANF benefits are limited to 24 months and a 10 year time period. So there again, you know, I know 24 months and a 10 year time period isn't a lot, but that's out there. It says that the income threshold for TANF in South Carolina is set at 50% of the federal poverty level. For example, a single mother with two children earning about $11,000 or less per year may qualify for benefits. You know, it's great for those people that are making $11,000 or less. Okay, so we have SNAP, and SNAP helps low-income families, the elderly, and the disabled with cash assistance to buy the food they need for a nutritionally adequate diet. Eligibility is based on 100% eligibility is based on 130 percent of the federal poverty guidelines for example a single mother of two whose income is twenty eight thousand five hundred dollars per year or less may qualify for for benefits so you know as far as snap benefits you can make a little bit more per year and still be eligible for those i actually know people that have those benefits right now and it really it really pays off it really helps and just in case I'm not as familiar with TANF for TANF it says that benefits uh, so you can apply for TANF in person at your local county office or online through SCMAPP so SCMAP and then as far as the SNAP benefits uh, you can, there's actually a printable application that you can fill out and then turn into your DSS office, wherever that office is located in your county. SNAP benefits are automatically deposited on a South Carolina EBT card. And it's, they're actually downloaded the same day of each month. And as far as I know, those ben- you're, you will be eligible for those benefits so long as you fall within an income threshold. So that's great. So something that I took advantage of when my son was born, because I had my child before, let's see. So I was 19 years old when I had my child. My child's now 10 years old. My dirty 30s coming up here in October. Back when he was born, I applied for Healthy Connections, which is a free or low-cost public health insurance for low-income South Carolinians. So that really helps. It's it's really, really good good coverage like pregnant women are covered and may be able to receive medical care while waiting for their application to be processed my experience I can speak a little bit to this my experience with healthy connections is if you're a pregnant mom it paid for my hospital visit visit the birth of my child it paid for his circum circumcision and then afterwards healthy connections continued to cover him and South Carolina does a thing where, so this is next. So the Healthy Connections Kids, so it's a health insurance program for children up to age 19 in South Carolina who are not eligible for Medicaid and who are uninsured. But the program doesn't provide coverage for adults. So that's what sucks. Now, I know Obamacare was still covering like low-income adults and children you know and if you'd like to claim dependents but if you could potentially get your child on healthy connection kids and then if you can afford it have low income insurance through like Obamacare or basic insurance that you're having to pay for out of pocket that that does help and you then you then don't have to claim your dependents and it is a really good insurance while my son was on it it always I mean it, it pretty much covered everything like luckily my child doesn't have any major 
you know, health conditions and he's not disabled or he's not special needs. I'm not quite sure, you know, if you're in that category, I'm sure that there's more help out there. But as far as a parent who's looking for basic insurance for a kid, they they cover eye, they cover dental, and they cover like your health and wellness visits. Uh, I don't think I ever had to pay for any like emergency room visits or anything like that. Hopefully that hasn't changed. Um, It is a really good insurance and you can apply for that online at apply.scdhhs.gov or that you can call 888-549-0820 to find out if your child qualifies for CHIP. Let's see. Okay, so next so they have a voucher program. So subsidized child care in South Carolina, that's provided through the South Carolina Voucher Program that helps low-income families afford child care. Families who have children with special needs may also be able to apply. It says eligible families can choose their own child care provider. The program will reimburse child care providers up to a certain amount based on their quality level. So family co-payments are based on a sliding fee scale ranging from $6 to $20 per child per week depending on family size and income. And and it says these co-payments are among the lowest in the nation. Anybody that's going through childcare right now, I mean, if you have multiple children that are under five years old and they're in daycare like full time, you're paying hundreds, if not over a thousand dollars a week to have your child in childcare. For low-income families, that's not quite possible. So I would encourage any anybody to apply for that. This doesn't really talk about the pay scale that you know people can be within to apply so i would just encourage anybody to to look into that and there's a phone number for that online it's 1-800-476-0199 and there again if you go on to the single mothers singlemotherguide.com all of that information is going to be there for your state So there's also a low-income home energy assistance. I don't know how long this has been around. I've never actually heard of this one, but this is amazing. This assists eligible low-income households in South Carolina in meeting the cost of home heating and cooling by making direct payments to their gas and electric utility companies. That is amazing. Priority is given to those who may be elderly, disabled, or have families with children and or have the highest energy consumption. Seniors who qualify for supplemental. We're just going to skip over seniors because that's not what this podcast is for. But if you know anybody within that elderly or senior disabled category, please let them know that they can go onto this website as well and find out more information about that. You can visit your local county office in person, and it seems it appears like that's how you have to apply. So it also says, you know, to bring along copies of utility bills with you. I would encourage you to call your local county office and inquire about it before going, because I found that anytime you're going to apply for stuff like this, it's not just as simple as bringing utility bills. I would be surprised if it is as simple as bringing utility bills. You typically have to provide like proof of income and things like that also so just having that list and those items ready to go so when you go to that office is one visit and not five because you don't want to get through that line and have to return home to get something so it's always good to prepare um, especially if it's hard for you to find a ride or pay for gas in advance so just plan ahead 
Okay, so next is the South Carolina Unemployment Insurance, and basically it provides financial assistance to eligible workers who lost their job through no fault of their own. So if you quit, this is not available to you. But if you were furloughed or laid off... or let go for some reason that was out of your control, you can get a maximum weekly compensation of up to $320. And so that's that remains available for you to receive for up to 20 weeks of unemployment. You must actively search for work. That is a condition of eligibility and conduct at least two verifiable job searches per week. And by verifiable, they would mean that you actually put in company information and phone numbers so that they can verify that you inquired for work. The initial unemployment claims are filed online through my benefits. I was about to say mybenefits.com, but you should just be able to go in li- go online and type in my benefits if you're a South Carolinian and easily fill out an unemployment application. And the final thing on here, and this is one that I get really excited about, is the South Carolina need-based grant which is provided for South Carolina's neediest students. Eligible students may receive up to $2,500 annually if enrolled full-time or up to $1,250 annually if enrolled part-time. And it is so easy to apply for, guys. All you have to do is fill out your FAFSA, your free application for federal student aid. If you're a student, you have to fill out your FAFSA, and what they do is they use all of that information that you put on your FAFSA to see if you qualify. Literally that simple. Don't have to take any extra steps. I was awarded a South Carolina need-based grant. It's just like a happy little allowance that pops into your student aid, you know, little portal for whatever school you go to. And it's wonderful to see that come up there, to know that you could potentially get money back or that that's less money you have to try to get from a lender it's awesome. <clears throat> okay, so with all of that being said, there again, you know, I just went through South Carolina, but do not be discouraged. Once again, all you have to do is go online, click on the various states, and most of them, I will say, do have something along these lines. They might have different acronyms. Obviously, it's not going to be a South Carolina need-based grant if you're in North Carolina, Georgia, California. So just go online, click your state, and start researching. Okay, so now let's segue back into abortion access and resources because that was what the root of my previous podcast was and I want to go back into that so for moms that are low income or that may be affected by the inability to have an abortion the first part of this podcast will really help you if you decide to go forward and have your baby good luck to you and I hope that you are able to receive as much help and assistance as possible for those that are looking into abortions There again, I went into what's going on in South Carolina. Yep. So this was written approximately a a month ago. So it says, it talks about first, like getting the care that you need. Oh, and to find this, you can go on www.scren.org and it's an abortion access resource. Talks about women's rights and empowerment and Talks about the six-week ban being effect in South Carolina. You can contact your health care provider about available options. So 
I know that I I started thinking about this. Like it's really awkward knowing that something's banned and you you want and or need it and understanding that healthcare workers they have to abide by the laws still feel comfortable going to your provider and asking about available options. If you're really against talking to your healthcare provider, there is an abortion finder. So you can visit abortionfinder.org. Abortion finder is one word. You can also text hello to 435-334-6337 for a list of abortion finders closest to you. Uh, sorry, for a list of abortion providers closest to you. So that's one way to do it. Now, you can also get financial assistance or practical support. So rides, lodging, and es- and someone to escort you there. Abortion funds and partner organizations may be able to help you pay for an abortion or travel outside of state if necessary. You can contact them to help you find safe, confidential, and up-to-date information about abortion care and forms of support available to you. So a couple of those... Sites that you can go on are arc-southeast.org. There's a long website here, but I'm sure if you type in ARC Southeast, you'll be able to get to where you're going. And, or, you know, guys, if you go on to the www.scren.org, the links are right there. You can click on them. And then you can also go to Carolina Abortion Fund. And that's carolinaabortionfundagain.org. That'll help you out with that. So if you have questions about your legal rights and self-managed abortion. Now, I think this one, especially with the way things are right now, I feel like this one is something that everybody might should write down you might not need it right now but you could potentially need it in the future and just in general to get you a little bit of clarity this could help and it says contact the repro legal helpline and that's www.reprolegalhelplinelegal.org and all one word there again reprolegalhelpline.org to reach a free confidential helpline where you can get information about your legal rights regarding self-managed abortion basically they'll give you clear understandable answers about legal rights um what the law is how it's being how it has been used they may be able to also help provide you with legal advice depending on where you live and why you're contacting them If they cannot give you legal advice, then they will try to connect you with a lawyer from a network in your state. So that's great. You can also visit the Plan C webpage for an up-to-date information on how people in the U.S. are accessing at-home abortion pill options online. So I think I like mentioned this before. People can receive at-home abortion pills that is an option. Visit the Plan C webpage to potentially get access to at-home abortion pills. Also, it there is a website called Confronting Pregnancy Criminalization, or the webpage is called Confronting Pregnancy Criminalization, and it's on webpage called Confronting Pregnancy Criminalization at www.nationaladvocatesforpregnantwomen.org. Okay, it's a practical guide for healthcare providers, lawyers, medical examiners, child welfare workers, and policymakers. So, 
I like reading into shit anyway, so you might could just honestly go on there, read, and find out more information. I think the more informed we are in uncertain times, the better. Also, it says keep your abortion private and secure. So there's digital defense funds, pregnancy and abortion privacy guide. It's detailed instructions, limitations, and threat modeling considerations about abortion and digital security. So I know that there's been a lot. I actually had some one of my friends talk to me and it's like, bitch, I literally track all my shit on an app. Well, I do too, me personally. I, I feel like just it's a modern way to track your ovulation um, and your periods and this, that, this and that. And so sometimes in, in articles I was reading, it's like your phone might know that you're pregnant or have the potential to be pregnant way before you do. So I would, this is something that I've been wanting to look more into. I've actually been nervous about keeping it. My friend was like, I think I'm just going to get off completely and start tracking it on a calendar. That way, if something hinky happens, like I can burn the calendar instead of having it on my phone. This should be able to tell you if that's something you need to do or what could be used against you in a court of law if it was found on a device. So I would encourage, you know, reading through that. Also, there are, is a guide to this in Spanish. Um, I would assume that anybody listening to this, obviously, you know, you guys can understand English. But if you have friends or family members that are Hispanic or Latino and they speak Spanish, please also let them know about this and let them know that there's a Spanish guide. Okay, for those of you that are wanting to speak out, there's also some resources on the scrand.org, and it's literally speaking out about abortion access. There's several, so there's resources to like, it says to quote unquote deepen your understanding of the impact of abortion bans. Um, It gives you a few websites that you can go on to to learn more about that. And I would encourage that. So a couple of them are the harms of denying a woman a wanted an abortion. And then turn away messages, the impact of abortion on finance, health, and families. So you can go on, you can Google either one of those or you can go on to scren.org and find the links to those documents. I would encourage you to read those and also, you know, use those as tidbits to help inform others. There again, it's unsure time, it's uncertain times. And so the more we know and the more informed we are, the better off we're going to be. Okay, so finally, for those of you that are out here, you're like, okay, I don't want to just sit back and have this information and not be able to do anything about it. Like, I want to stand up for the rights of women and be in the moment, be present, and stand up for abortion rights. There's also, I found this on the Center for Reproductive Rights. That is another .org website that you can go to, and it's literally reproductiverights.org. They wrote an article that says seven things you can do now for abortion rights. This is just kind of outlining what you can do to help. In this, they say that seven things you can do. Number one, donate to abortion funds. So they have a link that you can go to. There are, I guess, several different 
abortion funds that directly support people seeking abortion care. Um, you can also donate to independent abortion clinics at Keep Our Clinics. So small community-based clinics provide the majority of abortion care in the U.S. and are more likely to be located in states hostile to abortion rights. When clinics close, entire communities lose access to abortions and other essential reproductive and sexual health services. So donating to those clinics is a way to keep those clinics open and funded. Um and that little last bit was was all me. So let's donate to the clinics. Let's keep our clinics open. And show up and protest. I am all for... Like, I don't... I'm not ever going to encourage violent protests or unlawful protests. But you can rally. There are events, I'm sure, all across the United States near, near you... And you can make your voice heard. Visit the We Won't Go Back map to find one near you. You can also speak up and activate your network. So speak to your friends, family, business, colleagues, professional associates, community leaders. And you can activate your networks by creating your own message or sharing some samples by doing like hashtag abortion is essential posts. So that's a really good way to get out, get get your voice heard to help get your voice heard and to let people know that you are standing up for abortion rights to let I think it's important don't hide who you are and don't hide what you believe in speak up and speak in favor to what you feel is right that's the only way things are going to change and also as I believe on this podcast don't just don't spread hate but get your point across so I will say that as well. Like, we're not out here to bash people that don't understand our way of thinking. We're out here to educate and help people empathize. Number five was you can learn more about abortion laws in your own state. Click through the center's interactive What If Roe Fell tool to learn about the laws in your state and all other states. I think that would be a really good key. I mean, that would be like key to do for any women that are interested that that's interested <laughs> see how it is directly affecting you where you where you live that's going to make a difference in all of this I think for every woman and you're going to be able to speak more articulately to people in your demographic if you know what's happening in your state ver and versus what's happening throughout the country because I mean you know not to be any type of way but people care more about what's affecting them directly and so I think informing yourself about what's happening to you in your community will really give you more of a leg to stand on. All right, number six, find out where your lawmakers stand on abortion rights. Do you know where your local, state, and federal legislators stand on abortion rights? Well, I'm in South Carolina, so I have a good bit of, you know, I have an inkling on where mine stand. But I'm going to be honest, you know, finding out how strongly some of these people stand on it, I think as far, especially probably, and this sounds terrible, I'm over here preaching, like, look more into your community, but I probably know more about where my state and federal legislators stand versus my local, um, although I, there again, as you've heard me say, I grew up in Podunk, which is my way of saying small town, rural South Carolina, um, so... I could about guarantee where my local 
legislators stand. But you know what? I could do some research and always be surprised. And those can be the people that I support going forward. And then finally, tell Congress to protect abortion access by passing the Women's Health Protection Act, WHPA. Um, Congress can and should act immediately to protect the rights to access abortion in every state. WHPA would protect abortion access from state-level abortion bans and restrictions, despite the Supreme Court's ruling overturning Roe. Um, And so if you go on the Center for Reproductive Rights on to the seven things you can do now um, page, you can click on the WHPA link on point number seven, and it'll tell you more about that act and what it will do for you. So, with all of that, I just word vomited a whole lot of information at you, you know, in the span of like 30 some odd minutes. So, I know that it's a lot. I encourage you to go back, re-listen to this. There should be something in here for anyone, man or woman. Finally... The three, I will one more time go back through the three websites that I found to be most helpful. Once again, for financial assistance for single mothers or for single parents in general, that was singlemotherguide.com. And then for abortion access resources, um, that's the scren.org. Even if you are not from the state of South Carolina, Use the resources outlined on this website to help you find more help and access for an abortion. And then finally, the I, I was on the reproductiverights.com for the seven things you can do right now for abortion rights. And, you know, guys, once again, use this page to cl- click on all the links, read all the information. This is going to do nothing but inform you more and help you go against anybody who has anything to say about your stance on abortion rights. Mm-hmm.